Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome back. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condes Presley, and our guest today is Dr. Zachary Kirk. He's an educator, he's an activist, and we have talked for the last half hour about a number of topical current events, and uh, he remains with us on the program today. Dr. Kirk, you are now an official content creator for the social media to the business website, LinkedIn. Tell me what that means for us. So LinkedIn has made a massive $25 million investment in the creator economy. And what that means is they went out and they advertised for content creators in various professional fields to join them in this work and creating content specifically for LinkedIn that's going to hopefully drive more people to that platform and they can realize the potential and the power that LinkedIn brings to the table. For me, my uh, niche and area of focus is education. And my goal is to bring more educators to LinkedIn to, to see that social media can grow them professionally quicker uh, and maybe in some ways more effectively than traditional methods, traditional routes, where you're having to wait on the PL to come to you. You can log on and get that PL right there uh, at your fingertips. And so that's where my focus lies. There were thousands of people who applied for it. LinkedIn chose 100 candidates for their inaugural class. And I am so uh, fortunate to be a part of that 100. And I'm, so, and I'm so excited about it as well. And so I have a plan uh, of, of active contribution that I'll share on that platform, group development on that platform, uh, live casting on that platform that I know will hopefully, well, I know will truly help our educators get a strong idea of where they wanna go and what they wanna do with their careers. And how soon will educators be able to find you and that content on LinkedIn? They can find me on LinkedIn right now. Zachary Kirk, EDD. You can just type it in. Z-A-C-K-O-R-Y, Zachary, K-I-R-K, Kirk. And they can add me on LinkedIn, follow me to see all the updates and all the details and join the group that we're creating called the Educators Incubator. That is my specific LinkedIn group that I am creating just for this content creator opportunity that's going to be an incubator of sorts for educators to join and then learn about where they can take their career, whether it's their goal to be better at what they currently do if you're a current teacher, instructional coach, assistant principal, or if you want to see what it's like to go to the next level. If you're a teacher, do you now want to become a department chair or an instructional coach? or an assistant principal? Or do you perhaps want to go into central office administration as I did and become a content specialist or a content coordinator or maybe a director of curriculum instruction? 
what is the right path for you? Those are some of the topics and things that we're going to explore in that Educators Incubator. And we're going to bring in some of the brightest and best minds in education, like Dr. Danielle Dickey and like Dr. Emily Abrams Massey. We're going to bring those people in. They're going to be a part of Livecast. They're going to engage with that group. And we're going to help get questions answered and get some plans made. I'm delighted to have an opportunity to talk with you as an educator, as an expert, as someone who is an influencer in the social media space. Number one this week on the New York Times bestseller list is the new origin story. Yes, the 1619 Project, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. We are very familiar with some of the controversy surrounding the entire New York Times piece, now the book, as it has been dubbed critical race theory and its role or place or no role or place in the education system today. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Critical race theory is a function of, of academia that rarely touches what we've ever done in, K- in K-12 education. American history is American history. It has nothing to do per se with this concept that became a buzzword in a political uh, lightning rod that has done nothing but distract from the real issues that our educators face. The whole argument around critical race theory has done nothing but, in my opinion, harm the work of public educators on educating. Because American history is American history. It's what we've always taught and it's what we've always learned. There is no specific CRT scare that is really, in my opinion, relevant to what our public school educators do. And it's heartbreaking because we're seeing teachers and educators leave the profession in very large numbers. And the issue with that is that these people are highly trained and highly skilled and highly underpaid, as well as being, in many, in some cases, highly undervalued. And when they leave with their expertise, and when they leave with their skills, because their profession of sacrificing so much for kids has become politicized, they're not replaceable. There aren't candidates in this magic teaching pool under rocks and in caves that will roll out ready to, to take their place. And what you may find through alternative route op- options and opportunities, you may find some great people who have always wanted to be teachers and have that calling over their life ready to go in the classrooms, but you're more likely to find people that aren't as skilled and that are not as equipped to do that heavy lift that we require in the classroom every single day. And it breaks my heart. So CRT, the whole conversation is something I'm very passionate about. uh, And it it really hurts me that this random concept that came out of nowhere has had such an impact and such a hurt on public education. Would you argue that it's somewhat of a boogeyman uh, created by people who don't want to talk about American history as our American history actually is, as opposed to what a lot of us studied in those textbooks, which was curated by educators at the time, leaders at the time, who wanted to pursue a specific narrative. That is correct. I think it's become more than a boogeyman. It's a boogeyman. The boogeyman's for children. This is Freddy Krueger and Jason and the tech. This is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, knocking at the door. It has become so much more than 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 just the the boogeyman. And And again, I think it's really heartbreaking. And it is about. On one level, having a being more accurate and more factual to history. But here's the thing. 
it's, I feel as though good teachers have always been honest, accurate, and factual to history. Good teachers of, of US history, as well as American literature, they're not necessarily giving students, or they don't tell students what to think. As a classroom teacher, I never told students what to think, and I rarely shared my opinion. Students would ask me my opinion, and I would say, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you think. Good teachers always encourage students to think for themselves, and they give them what's called primary source documents to do that. And that is the truth, and that is what's factual. So it's not about the textbooks. It's about the primary source documents that sometimes may be reprinted in textbooks, but that, that's what matters. But CRT and this fight against or for CRT has spiraled and bloomed far beyond any of, of that. In terms, it's not about any more about the accuracy or about the perspective. It's all about a political agenda that's hurting American education. Here's a prime example. There's a book and I forget the name of it, by Patricia Polacco. She's a famous children's author who has written so many beautiful books. She is a white American and she addressed so many different issues, a variety of them from students with special needs to uh, issues of diversity. She has been writing books, I wanna say since the eighties because I remember being a child and seeing her books. Now there's one book about a black teacher one of her hundreds of books where he talks about his experiences with racism. And now all of a sudden there's a school district wanting to ban all books by Patricia Polacco. And that's so heartbreaking because I think about when you ban authors that have such a wide band of work, you're only going to hurt diversity and representation. And everyone needs to see themselves reflected in the literature they're exposed to in our, in our schools. And again, the whole issue to me is heartbreaking. And I hope I hope we can return to a place where we allow educators to be the experts around content and how to rely or relate that content to the young people. Dr. Kirk, would you be open to joining us for another conversation at some point in the future where we could talk in greater depth about these issues, especially associated with education, as you are now leading the Educators Incubator uh, content block over on the LinkedIn platform? Absolutely. Whenever you need me, I'm here. Educator Dr. Zachary Kirk. Again, you'll find him now as a content creator on LinkedIn. He's the Educators Incubator. Where can our listeners find you also across the social media platforms, sir? They can also find me on uh, Instagram under the name The Zactivist as well as TikTok activists. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great conversation. I look forward to another deep dive on other issues. Again, I just may, you know, bring you back as frequently as the news warrants. I'll be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It will be one of the last big events of Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms administration. It's the 38th annual Mayor's Mask Ball coming up on Saturday. December 18th at Atlanta's Marriott Marquis Hotel. Now, not only is the Mayor's Masked Ball one of the last and big social events of our city's season, it is also, and more importantly, a major fundraiser for the UNCF. That's the United Negro College Fund. And my guest today is someone who knows a whole lot about the UNCF and how it benefits young people. Elijah Talley, he's a senior at Morehouse College. Elijah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. 
So tell our, our audience a little bit about yourself. I said you're a senior at Morehouse College. What are you studying? Um, I'm studying chemistry at the moment. And like she stated, I am a senior at Morehouse College and I am from Camden, New Jersey. How did you come to choose Morehouse Colleges where you were gonna pursue your post-secondary education? I feel like Morehouse chose me. Um, when I first uh, started college was in 2010, I attended Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, during my second semester at Shaw, uh, the school was hit by a tornado, which forced me to come home. Um, when I got home, I did a few studies at the community college in Philadelphia. Um, so once my term was over there, I knew I had to transfer somewhere. And I always wanted to go to Morehouse since I was a young man. So it kind of was like a perfect fitting. Would you be at Morehouse were it not for your UNCF scholarship? I would have not. Um, I received a $23,000 scholarship from the United Negro College Fund. Um, it not only just paid for my uh, education at Morehouse, but it also paid for my housing. It paid for my meal plans. So it did more than just help me pursue my education. It helped me to survive. And I guess it's fair to say, Elijah, that you're somewhat of a non-traditional student at Morehouse in that you started your college education, gosh, almost 11 years ago. Yes, it was about it. It was, yes, 11 years ago. Um, so when I got the opportunity to come back, um, there was a tragedy and a few things that happened back home, which forced me to uh, just second guess the things that I was doing with my life. So that's why I wanted to finish the journey that I started because I was a person that always wanted to finish something. Tell us about your family. I am a sibling of, I'm the fifth, the fourth child. Um, there are six of us. Um, I have four sisters and one brother. Um, my grandmother raised me. Uh, there's going to be a lot that I go into detail at the mask ball when I give my testimony um, because I'm one of the guest speakers of the recipients for the UNCF. Um, so growing up in Camden, um, as many people may know, uh, it's very crime ridden. Um, there's poverty, um, low education. So it's kind of hard and rough growing up. And yet here you are today about to graduate a Morehouse man, courtesy of a UNCF scholarship with a degree in chemistry. Yes. Tell us, what are you going to do with that degree? Um, so uh, it's real open right now, but I really want to get into pharmaceutical work and research. Um, I also want to get into the cannabis industry. Um, the whole purpose of the cannabis industry is to kind of offset the disparities that's been going on with um, Black and Brown people and minority and different uh entities within uh, America. So I just wanted to make sure that I can help offset cer certain things when it comes to cannabis in um, our communities. And also just really understanding, you know, now that we're being able to use uh, cannabis for different research, for different medicines, for different cures, um, I think that it has a good opening for uh, students and people like myself uh, worldwide. How would you characterize your experience as a student in Atlanta on the Morehouse campus? I know it's a very special place. Oh, uh, it's just like walking in history, literally. Um, becoming a being a more a man of Morehouse and soon to be Morehouse man, um, it's like a brotherhood. Uh, when I tell you, like we have each other's back. When I tell you, they mold us to be the men that we are. Um, and what they drive us to do, we have a halo over our head and they say that every man, uh, every Morehouse man tends to grow into that crown. So one day when I graduate, I'll one day wear that crown too. So when you were a little boy growing up, 
one of six siblings in Camden, New Jersey. Did you ever think that you would be a kid who would carry a degree from the same college that produced Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? To be honest, the character and a person that I have always been was that person that stood up, that person that fought for the underdog, that fought for the person who weren't able to have the intellect that I have. You know, growing up in poverty and growing up where I'm from, a lot of people get lost. They get lost in the streets. They get lost in the system. They get lost in the education system. And I feel as though that we have to challenge one another. So growing up in Camden, it not just gave me that tough skin. It, it, it made me the man I am. And not only being the man that I am, I'm able to take that and be that olive branch to the next person. Share with me something about your Morehouse experience, not taking away from the story you'll tell at the banquet in a couple of weeks, but something about your Morehouse experience that has made you different and makes you stand taller, Elijah? I would say literally the brotherhood, the bond and trusting one another and to be able to like take that shield off. You know, we walk around when I first got to Morehouse, I believe it was over 600 and something young men. And I remember thinking to myself in King's Chapel and looking up to the sky and I'm like, God, what am I doing here? And at that moment, I looked around and I was reminded that I just now gained over 600 new brothers, you know, new friends, new memories. So it not only just, it makes me feel young again. You know, like I stated before, starting Morehouse at the age of 25, I felt like I've been around the block a few times, you know? I felt like I knew what I did wrong and I knew where if I didn't do those things, what can happen and, and how fruitful it would be. As you're approaching graduation, what do you say to other students who might be considering applying for a UNCF scholarship? What kind of difference will that make in their lives? Well, for one, like my grandmother always told me, a closed mouth does not get fed. You must speak up. You must reach out. There are tons of scholarships that are, are beneficial to black and brown people in this country. And we have to understand that we have each other's back. There are people in different entities and organizations that are meant to make sure that you will pursue your education, that your dreams are possible and they will come true. You have to trust yourself. Um, above all, you have to believe in God in which any matter in that format, but above all, love yourself, trust yourself, go for your goals and your dreams because the ceiling, I always tell people, break that glass ceiling because the sky is the limit. Elijah, now that you are about to graduate, about to pursue a professional career, finish as, as and become that Morehouse man, how do you see yourself paying it forward? Oh, I'm always reminded in my steps in my journeys to pay it forward because the simple fact I'm in the seat that I am is because that person before me paid it forward. Um, growing up as a kid, it was like my teachers and my counselors, they can see things in me that I didn't see. So by them just staying stern to me and, and believing in me and showing me that it is possible I just believe that paying it forward is making sure that I can give that same opportunity to the next, that I create those opportunities. The Mayor's Mass Ball, Saturday, December 18th at the Atlanta Marriott Marquis Hotel. It's a virtual and it's in person. And we look forward to seeing uh, Elijah, all the great things that you are going to do next courtesy of your UNCF scholarship. And again, the Mayor's Mass Ball does benefit 
the United Negro College Fund. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I'd hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condus Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condus? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this same time as we explore new perspectives. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.